It tells us in Genesis chapter 32, starting in verse 1, Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's camp. So he called the name of the place Mahanaim, and Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, of the country of the Eden, instructing them, thus you shall say to my Lord Esau, thus says your servant Jacob, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, male servants, female servants. I have sent to tell my Lord in order that I may find favor in your sight. The messenger returned to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau and he is coming to meet you. And there are 400 men with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people who were with him and the flocks and herd and camels into two camps, thinking if Esau comes to one camp and attacks it, then the camp that he left will escape. And Jacob said, O God of my father, Abraham, the God of my father, Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, return to your country and to your kindred that I may do you good. I am not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant. For with only staff, staff I crossed this Jordan, and now I have become two camps. Please deliver me from the hands of my brother, from the hands of Esau, for I fear him, that he may come and attack me, the mother with the son, with, with, with the children. But you said, I will surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. So he stayed there that night, and from what he had with him, he took a present for his brothers Esau, 200 female goats, and 20 male goats, 200 ewe, and 20 rams, 30 milking camels, and their cow, and three cows, I mean their cows, 40 cows, and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys, and 10 male donkeys. These he handed over to his servants, every drove by himself, and said to his servants, pass on ahead of me, and put a space between droves and droves. He instructed at first, when Esau, my brother, meet you, and ask you, to whom do you belong? Where are you going? And though, and whose are these ahead of you? Then you shall say, they belong to your servant Jacob. They are a present sent to my Lord Esau, and moreover he is behind us. He likewise instructed the second and the third, and all who followed the droves. You shall say the same thing to Esau when you find him. And you shall say, moreover, your servant Jacob is behind us. For he thought, I may appease him with the present that goes ahead of him, me. And afterwards I shall see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. So the present passed on ahead of him, and he himself stayed that night in the camp. Look at verse 22. The same night he arose and took his two wives, his two family, female servants, and his eleven children, crossed the ford of the Jebuk. He took them, and he sent them across the stream, everything else that he had, and Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. 
Then he said, let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he, and he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God's face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose upon him as he passed through Peniel, limping because of his limp, because of his hip. Therefore, this day, the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's on the sinew of the thigh. Let me pray for us. A lot was said, and you guys were like, what is going on here? Jacob fighting with somebody and running from Esau. What is the Lord sharing with us and teaching us about himself and his text? Let me pray for us and ask the Lord to help us. Um, our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us back to your word. Um, Lord, your word gives life. Lord, your word is full of truth. So, Lord, sanctify us in your truth at this time. Let us, Lord, see the beauty of your word at this time. That your word, Lord, cast out all fears. Your word does it. So, Lord, help me, Lord, in my areas of weakness, Lord, that I don't distract your people, Lord, but I preach your word faithfully, Lord, that your people can cling to your word this day. So, Lord, give me the boldness, Lord, to proclaim your word faithfully. Lord, if anything in my notes is not of you, Lord, remove it right now. That I honor you, Lord, this day. So, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to go before me, but also go before your people at this time, too. Uh, many might be focusing on the things to do later today or tomorrow or this week. You'll be distracted by many various things in life. But, Lord, nothing else is more important than at this time right now. Nothing, Lord, that we can be anticipating for in the future can be more important than to hear your word. So, Lord, bring their minds and their hearts, Lord, to be attentive to your word and let them, Lord, grow into your truths. In Christ, let me pray. Amen. Amen. I remember um, years ago when um, I was a little bit young and um, we would go to different theme parks and I wouldn't mind going into the water park, jumping in. I didn't really, I wasn't too much afraid of water. But one thing about the roller coasters, right? They used to have this one, I don't know if it still exists, people that's from Dallas. I used to have this thing called a Texas John, Long John, or mm -hmm. Texas, what's the name of it? Texas Six Flags. Texas Giant. Texas Giant. Okay, there you go. Texas John. I'm thinking about Longhorn football, y'all. Texas John. It had a John, and, and it's, it's huge. I don't know if you guys ever been on, anybody ever been on Texas John? And on a Texas John roller coaster, um, it's not made out of like beam, metal beams that's holding it up. It's made out of wood. All these pieces of wood are put together to make up this Tessa John, one of the biggest roller coasters in the U.S. And um, for me, um, for me wanting to face my fears to jump on this roller coaster one day, I had an opportunity to do it. And so my brothers were in front of me in the line, and it's time for the, the, the little uh, lever 
let you know that, hey, right now you're coming up next. And so it was time for me to get on the test of John in front of everybody around me. And I'm ready to face my fears. And my brothers are ready to face their fears. And what happened at the time, and the roller coaster went up and went down, and it came back around. It was time for the lever to go up for me to get on and for my brothers to get on. And so as the lever went up, uh, my brothers went ahead. And for me, I went right back to my mom and my dad. And I was fearful. I was scared of it. And, and there's many other things that many of us might be fearful of. And Jerry, no one of them is mice. I'm scared of mice. If I see a mice, I will run. Uh, it don't matter how OG I am. I will run from a mice. And many of us have faced different fear, fears in our own lives in different circumstances. And today's test, we're going to be able to face Jacob today. He's going to be faced with fears. And for me, I ran back to mom and dad, right? And a lot of times, we all, when we face with fear, we want to run. But sometimes, what happens when we don't have any place to run to? A lot of times, we have to face those fears. And a lot of times, they overtake us. and bring about frustration, anxiety, right? Depression. When things we face that are out of our hands. We can't have enough strength, enough wisdom to make everything right in that moment. And so for us, we try to flee and we try to work through it and we're just afraid and we make more of a mess of the situation. Family, I think that same character of fear, right? When not knowing or not being able to control the future ahead of you, it affects all of us in this room today. Many of us, we want our husbands, right, to get it together. We want our wives to get it together. Boyfriends, girlfriends, singleness, co-workers. We want everybody around us, but what happened when that fear is there and doesn't get together, right? I pray that this message today resonate for all of us in this room. What fears are before us, how are we encouraged to respond to it? Do we flee? Do we fight? What do we do? I hope to be able to conclude today with a solution, what we do when we are faced with fears that are outside of our hands. So let's do this today. We're going to do it in two points. So quick, short sermon today, all right? Quick sermon, just two points, all right? First point, Jacob is fearful of Esau. Number two, we're going to see God Builds up Jacob's weak faith. So jumping to point one, Jacob is fearful of Esau. We have learned that Jacob was alone going to Padamaram. Padamaram is, is the place of Haram when Jacob went over to meet Laban. When he ran from Esau, he ran up to Padamaram to find a wife. And what did the Lord do? The Lord has been good to him. The Lord has been kind to him. And Lord provided for him. Everywhere we've seen the Lord has provided for him. Even when Laban has treated him so rudely. God has surely been on his side along the way. God allowed him to make it to Padama Run safely. Now God has now brought him out to Padama Run. After facing the deception of Laban. Over and over again and God has been beside him. God has cared for him so far. So in chapter 31, the Lord told Jacob to, to leave. 
Leave Laban now. Take your family and leave and go back to the land that I have promised to you. And as Jacob leaves and heads back to the land that God had promised him, we see in verse 1 and 2 that Jacob has some messengers that meet him here. Jacob acknowledged what was happening was an act of the Lord. The angel of God has met him. The angel of God has met Abraham in the past. We saw that, in the, we heard about that in the past. But then we see that the angels of God have met Jacob on the journey. And what, is the, what happened here with the angel of God? They comes there to care for him. And Jacob responds and said, this is God's count. If the angels are, are, are like this military force of the Lord, the Lord sends out, the angels are before him, and Jacob marches back to, 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 to the promised land. He goes back to the promised land. He marches back with angels all over him. That God is on his side. He don't have to fear anything. The angels of the Lord is before him. The angels of the Lord will care for him in the midst of this. So Jacob right here turns around. It said this place now is called Mahananim. It's a place of the Lord now. Because the angels have came that the Lord has provided for Jacob here on the way back to the promised land. So Jacob is kind of encouraged now. He encouraged that he can continue in his journey. For Jacob know that eventually he will have to face his brother. So this posture that Jacob has right now, will this posture be enough for him to see angels are with him? The Lord is going before him. Would this be enough for Jacob to face the fear of his brother? Family, for all of us in this room, right? As believers in Christ, we know that there's angels all around us. And ultimately, we know that the Holy Spirit is in us. And so for us, we can feel like Jacob right now. That the camp, God's camp. We are in God's camp. We are God's people. And the angels are around us. So family, we don't have to be afraid of our fears, do we? But let's be honest. Be honest. With us knowing that angels are around us, do we still struggle with fear? The fear of racism? The fear of singleness? The fear of not being heard? The fear of not being a, a better, uh, being a good father? Or the fear of not being a good wife? Or the fear of unemployment? The, the fear of many other things in our lives? The, the fear of not being treated fairly? I mean, how many people here deal with fear? I think we all do. We all do with some form of fear. But we know the truth is that God is in us, right? We know angels around us. So why do we get fearful at times? God even made it a way that our fear is no match with his glory, his majesty, and his in his nature, that fear doesn't even compare to him. But as for believers, though, is that we still get fearful at times. So what do we do? We know that God is good. He gives us angels. He cares for us. But our fears are still on the other side of us. 
I think we struggle at that because we don't want to accept the truth of who God really is in that moment. The problem is that we don't hold on to the truth. The truth can't be held on to because if I hold on to the truth for so long, the truth is not going to get rid of this situation. That's what we believe in that moment. You notice about verse 3. Jacob knows all these things I just mentioned. God told him to go back. God said he got angels all around him. But in verse 3, we see Jacob sent messengers to meet Esau in the land of Seir. Seir is across from the Gilead. Gilead was the place that I told you guys that when Laban and Jacob made the covenant. So Esau was like on the southern part of the Jordan. Jacob could not pass over to Israel unless he had to encounter Esau. So Jacob had to head towards eventually go to Bathsheba. But eventually, if he gets to Bathsheba, he's going to have to meet Esau eventually. And also, it makes sense that Esau is not in the promised land at this time either. Esau is like on the outside. Like, if you're going to go into this promised land, you're going to have to go through me. So Esau is right here. And for Jacob, having to go back to this land, he's got to go, into, go to his brother. So Esau is outside of here. You remember Esau is outside because the blessing belonged to Jacob. So Esau, this land doesn't belong to Esau anymore. So Esau is not in the land. Esau is outside the land waiting on Jacob to come back. So what did Jacob do? Jacob sent messages to meet Esau and Sarah. Listen to what he says to Esau. Thus you shall say to my Lord Esau, thus says your servant Jacob, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed until now. I have oxen and donkeys and flocks and male servants and female servants. I have sent to hell to tell my Lord in order that I may find favor in your sight. What is Jacob doing here? Jacob is fearful, right? So Jacob uses success in his life to try to win over Esau's favor now. Before I see Esau, I'm going to let him know that I have plethora amount of things to give to him. He's got plenty of oxen and donkeys and flocks and pounds of all types of things that are waiting on him. So Jacob is trying to win over the favor of Esau. Jacob even calls Esau Lord here. But in actuality, is Esau Lord or Jacob Lord? Why is Jacob calling him Lord? Did y'all miss that? Did y'all catch that? What is happening? He called him Lord. Isaiah said, Isaac said in Genesis 27, 40, that Esau was serving brother. It, it should be Jacob should be the one that's Lord. So why is Jacob calling Esau Lord? Jacob is fearful. Esau. Jacob is not worrying about the blessing. Is that true? That he's not worrying about the blessing? Family, I don't think that's true. I think Jacob knows about the blessing. I think Jacob is on to something here. Jacob calls him Lord. Jason, Jacob gives him animals. Jacob is trying to win favor. But ultimately, Jacob is trying to give his blessing back to him. Did y'all catch that? Jacob is trying to give the blessing back to his brother, which he deceived the brother and took from him. 
he called Esau Lord, should suggest that Esau deserved his birthright. He called Esau Lord to represent that Esau deserved the blessing, not me. But Esau didn't come to him to say hi and give it back to me, did he? It said Esau coming with 400 men to meet you. Oh no, Jacob. So it's not working for Jacob. Jacob want to give everything back. But Esau was saying, I'm coming with 400 men. This was more men than what Abraham used to defeat the people to take back Lot. You remember when Abraham went in and defeated the, the kingdom, the massive kingdom, to get back Lot? This is more men than Abraham had. 400 men. If Esau normally would have, someone that has an amount of people, you're going to have to meet somebody. You wouldn't take the whole army out there with you. He'd take 400 men out there with him. So Esau has a major army with him. How did Jacob respond? Look at verse 7. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people who were with him in flocks and herds and camel to camps. Thinking if Esau comes to one camp and attacks it, then camp that is left will escape. Jacob, I thought there was a camp of God. Jacob was afraid and distressed. He is terrified. So what happened, y'all? Even in a time like this, when Jacob trying to make things right, Even when you ask someone for forgiveness and they don't accept it back. And the fear that comes from that, or the trauma, or the hurt that was caused towards that person. And not even just that. Other things in this in our lives can be terrifying to us for not us, for us not to face what lies in front of us. Again, I mentioned some earlier. Not being accepted by others. Not controlling everything in your life. Not graduating college on time. Not even being, being the most important person in the room. Not making the most money in the room around others. In a similar way, Jacob was terrified as well. He was terrified. He was distressed. He was afraid. And let this hit home, family. I know many of us got into it with somebody this week or last week. It comes back to this being distressed, being afraid. And a lot of times we have sinned because we were afraid of the outcome. But let, let's not just think about this message that I'm talking about was 4,000, 5,000 years ago. Family, this message resonates to us even in this room today. We all have dealt with this. We all are continuing to deal with fear and to, with distress. So how did Jacob respond when knowing that the things were before him were too foul, powerful for him to be able to handle? I'll turn that question back around to you. How do you respond when knowing what is before you is more powerful than you can handle? How do you deal with that? And for you in here that might be kind of strong enough and say you can deal with it, you can go forward with it, that's not true. 
You're not strong enough to, to overcome the, the, the loneliness and singleness in of yourself. You're not strong enough to overtake your not listening to your spouse properly. So, so what do you do when, when the fears and the failures around you? Well, well, Jacob tells us in verse 9, Jacob said, oh God, my father. Jacob turned to the Lord. And he said, God, my father, Isaac, oh Lord, who said to me, return to your country and to your kindred, that I may do you good. I am not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love and all the faith that you have shown to your servant. For with only my staff, I crossed the Jordan, and now I have become two camps. Jacob pleaded with the God that had delivered him in the past. He go to the Lord and let the Lord know that, that things are too strong for him. The God that would make his offspring as a standard to see in Israel. The God that has steadfast love and that is faithful. Jacob went to God because he knows his God can do whatever he can do. So family, we can approach the same God as well. There is nothing more powerful than our God. He's stronger than all. We don't have to be afraid of things. It should be enough for Jacob to, to rest, right? He prays the Lord. He prays the Lord is over with. Let's go meet Esau now. He prays the Lord. But family, he prays the Lord, but Jacob sends over 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 20 sheep, 20 rounds, 30 milking cows, 35 pounds of perp. Now, he didn't say that. Say that y'all was listening for that. Y'all thought I was going to say that, didn't you? But no, he sent over 20 female donkeys. But look at this, though. He prayed to the Lord, but he still sent things over. What is going on here? What is going on with you? What's going on with me? You pray to the Lord, and it seems like things still doesn't go right for us, does it? So what's happening here? This is possibly all his possessions. How long he been with Laban? 21, 28 years? He's been laboring all these years. He's willing to give everything up to his brother now. Jacob was willing to give up everything to Esau, I would say, for two reasons I probably can see in this text. Two reasons. There probably can be two reasons here. The first one I can say he ready to give up everything. I say again, it's fear. He was willing to give up, up, give up all what he had to make the wrath of Esau Go away. Jacob just prayed to the Lord that he went back to fear. I think we often do this as well. We pray to the Lord, right? Then we go right back to it, to the fear. We pray to the Lord, we go back to the fear. We pray to the Lord, we go back to the fear. All right? Then the friends, right, come around us, they encourage us in God's word, we go back to the fear. And some of y'all be like, man, I'm not talking to you no more about this. We talked about this a million times already. You're not even listening to me. You go right back to it. Pray to the Lord. And we struggle with committing our ways to the Lord. And I think because the Lord might not answer by giving us over to our enemies or whatever we want to receive out of that in that particular moment, the answer that we want. So guess what we do? We go back to the fear. We go back to the fear because we're not content in what the Lord has offered us in him of himself in that moment. So we go back to the fear. And we stop going to the fear when we get what we want on the flesh. And the flesh is what? Going, giving in, and hurting someone, or belittling someone. 
So we're not content in our fears until we can truly put it in our own hands. Then we make a mess of things. The second reason I see here, I see why Jacob is giving everything back. Again, what I said earlier, I think there's a sign of repentance. That Jacob, again, know that he had deceived his brother and wanted to give his brother everything black to him. One thing to say is that to say that he's sorry, but Jacob want to come back and say, hey, I want to find favor to you. I have manipulated you in the past. Now I want to give you everything back. Jacob is trying to be straight up and making things right with the person that he has offended. So on the other side of this, how do you make the wrong, or how do you make right of a season or a friendship or something that you have done? You will go to the Lord, right? You ask the Lord for forgiveness. You will seek the Lord. You, you turn to Christ, right, first. You turn to Christ, not Christ, we do it. But if you turn to Christ and do it, then what happens when it still doesn't make things right? You turn to Christ, but the fear is still there. I'm hoping now on point two, as we end with point two, let's see now what happened here. When the fear in our lives are so strong, when we're afraid, what's in front of us? We turn to the Lord, but we still are afraid. Even when we try to make things right, things still are not reconcilable. So what are we doing on it? What happened in this? How, what happened with Jacob? Let's look at point two. God builds up Jacob's faith, weak faith. Jacob is fearful and afraid. Esau is coming his way. Esau is not taking these possessions from Jacob. Jacob has sent all his possessions to him. Esau is like, bro, I don't want none of that stuff. I'm coming to you, bro. I'm coming to see you. So what happens here? Jacob is giving away everything, y'all. We now even see that Jacob has his possessions now with the Jabuk, J-Book. So all the camps that went in front of him, and now his wives and, 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 and the rest of his uh, uh, what he has, he sends them over to Jabuk. Jabuk flows into the Jordan River. It's between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. So it's about 115 miles away from where Esau was at. Esau was coming. With them, with them Jesus sandals on. Y'all know them sandals, right? Esau got them on, and he's coming. Now, what did Jacob do? Jacob sends his family over. Jacob now, he's in a place he's never been before. Jacob is by himself. He had fear. He sought the Lord. Fear is there. He tried to give all the possessions back to him. Now Jacob, one last thing Jacob happened to be able to give to him was his life. The last thing Jacob can give to Esau is his life now. To let Esau now get back vengeance on him. Now Jacob is by himself to meet him. What would happen here now? How would Jacob respond? How would Jacob respond to this? Jacob's at the lowest point. So now would be a good time for Jacob right here to call upon the name of the Lord again. 
But we see something else happen here before Jacob calls upon the anointing of the Lord. The next thing we see is Jacob is at the lowest point. Now a man come out of nowhere starting to fight him. He started to wrestle with a man out of nowhere. It, it seems like things are getting worse for Jacob. I mean, God called him out of this land, right? God called him out to this land, called him out to Israel, but it seemed like God is nowhere near him. If God is so faithful and so good to us, why is God allowing all these things to happen to us? Why is God allowing this to happen? So this man started to wrestle and fight with Jacob. And it wasn't just a, you know, some of y'all fights be like five or ten minutes. But they said they fought all the way up into the morning. This is one of them fights that you fight each other on the ground, you're tired for a minute. And they said, I won that fight. No, -uh, no, you didn't. They get back and start fighting again. And they keep going back and forth, back and forth fighting. It was a long fight. How in the possible are they fighting this long? You think these dudes must be tired by now? But the fight went on forever. And Jacob wouldn't let go. No, the man wouldn't let go. But Jacob said, I can't lose in this. And the man said, I can't lose in this. So it's like Jacob, even at this moment of fighting, that Jacob is ready to almost lose his life in this fight. And I think, y'all, that's what this man was trying to see Jacob uh, all along. That Jacob prayed to the Lord, right? He tried to seek reconciliation from Esau. But Jacob, having gave it all the way over to the Lord. How far are you willing to go to let go of everything in your life to follow after the Lord? Yes, Jacob prayed. He sought the Lord. He tried to make things right what he done with his brother. What if you go that far in life and it's still not reconcilable? I think that's what the Lord was trying to see with Jacob here today. Jacob, you can go that far. You can try to give all these things back. You can be fearful. All these things can happen. But Jacob, I'm the only one to make things right. The Lord was trying to get Jacob to see that. Because Jacob would not let this man go. The man even touched Jacob's hip socket and put it out of place. And Jacob still wouldn't let him go. Because Jacob knew that this man was able to give him what he couldn't give himself. When you think about it, Jacob has Esau to worry about. Now he has his hip to worry about. He has to worry about his family. They worry about fighting this man. And things seem like it can't get better for Jacob. So what is the Lord doing with Jacob here? The Lord is doing the same thing that Jacob he does to us. He does the same thing he's doing for us in our own lives. It's no mistake, y'all. It's no mistake. 
You feel like when trials, one thing hit, then another thing hit. You seek the Lord and another thing hit. And you feel like the Lord has left you. The Lord has forgotten about you. Family is the Lord that allows you to keep continuing to be hit. We don't want to face that and say that, do we? It's the Lord that allows us to continually to go through these certain things. I heard many of you guys, even when testing school, might not done too well with it. And by Lord grace and Lord mercy, you can make a hundred in every class you have. But why did the Lord allow it to happen? Why? The Lord allowed it to happen. Because he knew what we need. He knew what we need. We need to die to self. No matter how many times you can do things on an alternative to try to make things right. We can try to work our righteous works and everything before everyone else. But that would not give you true joy. Only joy comes when God goes before us. And we trust him. And trust him not worrying about the outcome. That's when we see our fears go away. Knowing that our fears are no, no comparison to the hand and the strength of our God. So Jacob was wrestling with this man. Jacob doesn't know this man's name. The man asked, well, Jacob, what's your name? How you going to be fighting with somebody you don't know? And they fight back and forth, and, and Jacob tells him his name. And the man said, your name is no longer shall be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. This man changed Jacob's name to Israel now. And he said, you have striven and wrestled with God. So Jacob was wrestling with the pre-incarnated form of God in the Old Testament now. Jacob was wrestling with God, that God was wrestling with Jacob. The name of Israel is all over the Old Testament now. And now, as you heard this test today, now you're going to see why Israel's name is Israel now. Their name is going to be Israel because now they're going to wrestle and fight throughout the rest of the Bible to the Old Testament. They're going to meet the Canaanites the Jebusites, and as they wrestle and fight with them, now they're going to see that God is on their side. Because what happened with Jacob? So Jacob prevailed over him. Jacob prevailed over him. What is that getting that he prevailed over him? This is God. How can Jacob beat up God? So what does it mean by he prevailed over him? It means Jacob was resilient. So Jacob knew that blessings can only come from this man that he's wrestling, wrestling with. He can't find him with Esau. He can't find him with the possession that he had. But prevailing and fighting over this man, that I'm going to do whatever it takes to get the blessing from this man. You guys might be like, Chris, I still don't understand what I'm talking about. Let me make it plain to us, family. We must prevail over the Lord in a rough time. What I mean, prevail in the face of trials. We must prevail when we're too tired to read the word of God. We must be prevail when, when things before us are outside of our strength. We must prevail and say, Lord, I'm going to continue praying to you, Lord, till you provide for me in this moment. Another word is that. 
prevailing against this nagging. That I'm going to nag to the Lord. I'm going to nag, nag over and over. I'm going to continue praying and praying the Lord, this fear before me, Lord. I cannot do anything with the Lord. Give me your word. Give me your word. Family, do we wrestle and fight after the Lord when times get hard for us? Or do we give up and say, Lord, I just give up? I'm not going to fight no more for you. The Lord tells us to fight, to conquer, to fight for him in those moments. And that's what Jacob did. Jacob fought and he pleaded and pleaded and pleaded. And what's the test ends off with it that the man blesses Jacob. The man blesses Jacob here. That Jacob now is confirmed to have the blessing, not actually Esau. So family, you can continue wrestling with the Lord to listen, pleading with the Lord to plant his word in you, that you, you won't stop asking him for his word. Pleading with the Lord that you need his grace, that you won't stop asking him for his grace. Pleading with the Lord when singleness and marriage is too much to bear. You wrestling with the Lord to help you in those times of struggle. You pleading and pleading and pleading and crying out to the Lord. No matter if he doesn't, you feel like he's not listening to you, you still pleading with him. Fellow, we can do that. We can plead. We can cry out to the Lord. That's what the book of Psalms gets at. They're crying out to the Lord. Lord, my enemies are around me. Lord, you said you're going to be here for me. Where are you at? Family, we can cry out to the Lord. We can lament to the Lord. So, family, don't stop wrestling and, and, pre, uh, and, and prevailing in a way of asking the Lord, just like Jacob here. And what happened here? Jacob now. His fears, his fears are, are not really considered anymore. Even though we know fleshly, you don't have fears and other things, but the storyline kind of shifts now. now. Now Jacob now is going to go meet his brother. He's going to eventually meet his brother. And guess what Jacob's going to do? He's going to meet his brother and show you the boldness of him. That down Jacob has a hip, right? That that was that was that was um that was hurt. And now he's gonna limp all the way to Esau. He's gonna limp all the way to him, knowing that he has striven with the Lord. What happened? The Lord delivered him in this moment. The Lord could have struck him dead for wrestling with the Lord. The Lord delivered him. The Lord brought him out of it. And in name is place for I have seen God's face, and yet my life has been delivered. Bless Capaneo. The Lord delivered Jacob. And the Lord delivered him from this, that Jacob now can face his fear, because the Lord has delivered him again. So family, God uses fears so we can wrestle with him to establish our walk with him. It's okay to talk to the Lord. It's okay to plead with the Lord. A lot of times we go to our prayer, we go to God prideful. We go to God prideful. We should go to the Lord being honest. Lord, I pray to you, and I just don't understand what you're doing right now. Lord, I have sought you, but I'm still afraid of what's going to happen to me tomorrow. So you do, you pray to him again. You go to his word again. You go to another prayer, you pray to him again. 
I think a, a best example is as we end. A picture, a picture of wrestling, right? Prevailing wrestling. I think of the picture in John, what, 17. John 17, when Jesus before his father, right? And Jesus asked his father, right? We talked about this this past Friday. Jesus before the father. And Jesus asked the father, can this pass, right? Can this pass for me? And, and when Jesus asked, can this pass for me? And this wrestling is that, is there any other way? Is there any other way, Father? Is there any other way? And Jesus already knowing that this is the only way that he has to redeem the people for himself. And Jesus looks at his Father like, any other way. But when Jesus returned, that, that Jesus, didn't content, Jesus didn't give up and speaking to the Lord, Jesus said, nevertheless. Right? Nevertheless. And Jesus goes on. He tastes the wrath of the Father. He faces the, the fears. He faces all those things before the Father. He doesn't give up on his father. He, he, he asks the father, what's going on here, father? Is any other? And Jesus, in the end of this, Jesus said, father, give me this cup. Give me the cup. And Jesus take the wrath that we deserve. Family, the glorious picture of this wrestling to Jesus. And let us learn from Jesus. Let us learn from Jesus that he died for us. He brought us out from, from bondage. He rescued us like he rescued Ruth and protected Jeremiah and guarded David from Saul. He healed the sick. He, he brought the life of Lazarus. And all these people that I just mentioned to you, they all have fears and he provided for them. Family, take our fears to the Lord. And as we take our fears to the Lord, we go to the Lord, we go back to the Lord. We continue going to the Lord until the Lord calls us home on that glorious day. So that's what we do with our fears. And we continue begging the Lord to help us when things are hard for us. Let me end with an application here. Remember these verses during times you forget about him. Think about Psalm 34, 17. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. We can cry to him. He's going to deliver from all of our troubles. Family, not some of your troubles. He said all of our troubles. All your fear, everything else goes in your trouble. Anything that I mention here in this room, no matter what you're going through, it says what? The Lord delivers us from all of our troubles. Not some of them, all of our troubles. Psalm 107, 6. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Family, the Lord delivered them from distress. What did the test say? That Jacob was in distress. But now it tells them one Psalm 107 verse 6. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and the, he delivered them from their trouble and their distress. You can do it. Instead of crying. This crying is emphatic, right? It's just not that he said to the Lord, he cried to the Lord. Psalm 50 verse 15. And he called upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Sam, family, is that enough? Is that enough? Samuel, 2 Samuel 22 2. He said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my, and my deliverer. deliverer. Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. How do your fears go away? I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all of my fears. He sought the Lord. 
Why does David keep writing this over and over? It's like he had fears in the past. He sought the Lord. He had fears again. He sought the Lord. David is showing us that family fear is going to continue coming. Family, we should continually go to the Lord. What about a New Testament? Greg read John 14. It says in John 14, we don't have to be afraid twice in John 14. We don't have to be afraid. Second Peter 2.9, the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. Second Thessalonians 3.3, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Colossians 1.13, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. And I, I can stop, I'm going to stop there, but I can continue going through many verses in the Bible how the Lord has brought us through. Family, he would do the same for us today. He would bring us through. So we don't have to run from the Lord. We don't have to create some worse righteousness to try to get rid of our fears. Family, we can run straight to the Lord. Or we can continue running to the Lord. And continue running to the Lord. And continue running to the Lord. Until the Lord answers us. Let it be us this morning. Let me pray for us.